Hi, welcome back to the Sunny Side Up podcast. How is everyone? I'm doing pretty good. It's a Monday and I don't have school today, which is really nice. Um, I woke up early. I made sourdough, like the dough yesterday, but it has to proof overnight. So baked that this morning, had my oatmeal, of course, because what else would I have? And yeah, it's been a good morning so far. I hope you guys are having a good morning. So I thought I would do, um, that I would do my eating disorder story for today's episode. And I just want to give a massive trigger warning. I'm not going to be mentioning calories or weights or anything, but if this does not support you in your journey right now, please click off. The last thing I want to do is trigger anyone. Um, and you, you know, if like, you know, if it'll be okay for you to listen to or not. So I'm encouraging you to click off if you don't think this will be good for you to hear. But yeah, let's, let's get right into the episode. So I, let's go like pre everything. So I started off growing up. I was always pretty active. Um, I played a couple sports. I definitely was not like athletic or fit or anything, but you know, we biked around. We always played a bunch of active games at school, everything. Um, And then I also, I ate everything back then. I ate all the meats (laughs) and I ate whatever my mom cooked. You know, I loved to bake and cook too. So I, I'd say I had a fairly normal childhood as far as normal goes. No diet restrictions or anything. And then quarantine hit <laughs> that March. And I was in junior high at the time, seventh grade. So that's the age where you kind of start noticing things and you're very conscious of things. And that's when I started to kind of realize, hey, I maybe don't exactly love the way I look and then began the Chloe Ting era I think most of us went through that um and I was doing Chloe Ting stuff like the two week you know whatever but none of it was ever sustainable obviously because I was expecting results fast which is not realistic at all And I started eating a bit healthier, or I I wouldn't necessarily say healthier because I never ate super unhealthy, but I just started to be more aware of, oh, I want to like add another veggie here, or maybe this doesn't make me feel as good. Because when you're really young, you kind of eat for taste, you know? I look back and I'm like, I don't know how I could eat six brownies. There were some days I would eat like six brownies. If I did that now, I think my body would be crying um but anyways at that point i started to kind of notice the way foods make me feel what did i just say the way (laughs) foods would make me feel um like physically not mentally i had no thoughts around that you know i still enjoyed like in and out with my family or i also went through a major baking phase so the beginning of quarantine even before chloe ting the first month, I would bake for like nine hours a day. I'd wake up, turn on my Netflix, put in my put in my AirPods, and just bake the whole day. 
And looking back, that was fun, but that also was not the healthiest because I was just eating cake batter three times a day as my meals. Uh, it was fun though. It, it was a fun little season to go through. But anyways, I realized that we were going to be in quarantine a lot longer than the month I had just been baking and I was running out of things to bake. So I was like, hey, let me try to get a little bit healthier. So I started the Chloe Ting, I started eating a bit healthier, and then since everything was online, PE was online, and I would be do, I would do like a 10 minute yoga video, but then I'd still have like 15 minutes left to log for PE, because we had to log what we did. Instead of doing more yoga or anything, I decided to try running. Started off doing like a half a mile loop, like a walk run thing. And mind you, I was never a runner before. Like, me and running, uh-uh. I was someone I dreaded the mile at school. My mom tried to get me and my brother into running when we were really young. Yeah, it did not work. It did not flow with us. So, I was like, okay, I just need to get this done. I need something to do for PE. So, let me just do running. I started a little bit, and then after I did half a mile, I was like, okay, I think I can try running a mile. At that time, I was running maybe twice a week and not further than a mile and a half. And then I started to get, like, my stepbrother and my brother into it. It was, like, a challenge, like, oh, let's go on a run. Um, and we actually got one of our friends um, who's a couple of years older than me. Like, we picked her up at her house, and then we ran around our neighborhood. Yeah. So that was my fun stage with running. It was very innocent and very... Like, I was doing it purely for the endorphins, and I was proud of myself after completing a run. And then summer came around, and I had, obviously, even more free time, because I didn't have any online school. And I thought, I, like, love the feeling after running, and I, it's clearly shown me I'm capable of things, because I've watched myself be able to run further and further. Why don't I just have a goal, like a big goal? So... I set the goal of a half marathon, and my mom was also running with me at the time of it, because my mom used to be a runner. She loves it, and I was like, mom, let's let's run a half marathon, maybe in like six, eight months, so we set the tentative goal in June to run a half marathon that following January, and that kept me running all summer. I was waking up fairly early. I live in Southern California, and if you're not up and running out the door by six, you're not running that day. It's way too hot. So I'm running, doing well, um, and I had just gotten my period the March of quarantine, so it was new to me, but it started to get kind of splotchy, like just inconsistent and very light. It would last like three days, and then next month, Oh, sorry, I got an email. Next month, it would be like two days and then like a three-day break and then another two days. And then it was weird. But, you know, you don't think much of it because, oh, it's the first year. It's going to be inconsistent. And around, I want to say the end of July, I read a post about veganism. And it was actually one of the Dolan twins, I think. I think it was Ethan Dolan. He wrote this long post about why he was vegan, and he specifically said, I could never kill an animal, so why do I let someone else go and kill an animal? And then I, like, 
someone else does the dirty work pretty much. And I heard that and I was like, that makes so much sense. I really resonate with that. So three days before we're going on a cross country road trip, I was like, mom, I'm going to go vegan. Like, don't worry. I'll cook all my meals. It'll be good. I'm not expecting any, like, I'm not expecting to go somewhere and get a full vegan feast. I understand. I'm more of the minority of the people who eat specific diets. And so I'm not expecting to have food everywhere. I'll take care of myself. And the first few months I did, it was me being vegan because of the morals and the ethics and the animals and the environment. And I was discovering all these like new foods and dishes and recipes and new plants and ways to cook them. And it was, it was enjoyable at that point. And it wasn't, I definitely didn't have fears around non-vegan foods at that time because I was fresh into veganism and it was like a new new experience and then that fall school starts but it starts online and there was so much hope that we were going to be in person but a week before school started they told us the cases are too high we're going to start back online and at that point that's when the realization kicked in like this is going to be a long haul we are not just That was not a three-month online school. This could be way longer. And I was really lacking a sense of control at this point. I am a type A person. And I like to know, what's the plan? What are we doing here and here and here? And I didn't have that. There was no sense of when we're going back to school. No sense of when COVID was going to be over. Nothing. So my running routine and my veganism became my sense of control and this is where you can start to see the disordered eating kick in not a full-blown eating disorder yet but disordered eating and i'm trying to (laughs) where was i oh yeah so i was running every morning getting up early in the fall and then september was my last cycle and it hasn't been back since then so that's when i officially like yeah And then I kind of just kept going about things that fall. And we had a in-person Vespers at my school that November. And now I wasn't like, I I wasn't, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say your eating disorder is only valid if you reach a certain weight or anything, but I had not reached a weight that concerned anyone, if that makes sense. I had lost a little bit of weight and at that point it was not an unhealthy amount because I had um I wasn't unhealthy but now at this point I just had more of an athletic body because your lifestyle like your your appearance and your body is a direct product of your lifestyle so I was eating a bit healthier and I was exercising like a pretty healthy amount I, of course, I look different than when I wasn't doing as much and I was eating cake three times a day, if that makes sense. I hope that didn't, like, um, trigger anyone or, you know. And I remember I was walking down the hallway and I heard, like, my parents whispering to each other, like, oh, like, what are people going to think of her new body? And I was like, what? Like, because I wasn't thinking of it in that way. 
I was just at that point really proud of like turning into a runner. I never imagined myself being a runner. And I like subconsciously probably had that in my mindset like oh yeah you know I, I'm looking better but it was never like the, the first main reason and so I remember hearing that and that just kind of shifted things for me you know there's a few like pivotal moments you'll never forget that's one of them and November was the first time I had weighed myself since I'd started running and stuff and I saw the drop and it wasn't a lot, but it surprised me. It, it honestly did because weight is quite arbitrary until you know your weight. Like right now I'm in a place in recovery. I can kind of guess my weight because I talk with my dietitian about you know, how long I have to be on my meal plan and stuff like that. But because I haven't seen my weight, it doesn't affect me. Um, and that was the first time I'd like seen it again since the beginning of quarantine. So that's probably a six month span that I hadn't seen it. But I can't remember why I decided to check. It, it probably was that comment from my parents. And I just thought, oh, like, you know, let's just check. And that's when I... I think I had this realization like, oh, everything I'm doing is working because at the very beginning of quarantine, my goal had been to quote unquote tone up whatever that's supposed to mean, you know, like two week abs, blah, 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 all that BS. And I'm like, oh, like this is working. And so I I kept going to things and just rules started to develop and I didn't even notice they were eating disorder rules it was just my way of control you know I have to do this before this time and I can only do this you know I won't get into the specifics because that could be very triggering but things like that and then December this is all like 2020 December 2020 that's when things worsened and that's when also COVID levels got quite bad And so my mom personally decided for just my household that she was going to isolate everyone. And my brother was, he had the opportunity to be at in-person schooling at that point, but she took him out, put him online because I have a very high risk family member and the vaccines were not at that point, you know, better to be safe than sorry, which I'm, I'm really glad like nothing happened that was fatal but I think that isolation did really intensify things because all of a sudden all my friends are seeing each other and I'm watching them see each other because I can't like it was a rule in my house we only I go to work and the grocery store well my mom went to work but you know I'm talking from a perspective and that like looking back when I was kind of processing that really did heighten things because I was just at home and I just pulled away. I isolated myself and now I had an excuse to. I'd been vegan for five months at that point and I was kind of talking with my mom. We knew that as a vegan, you need to be aware of like, you know, iron, B12. So we went to a like nutrition specialist 
um, like a health specialist to get my blood work checked and talk about my levels and, you know, what I, what supplements I should be taking if I needed any. And I go there and we also wanted to address the fact that I didn't have a period at this point. And she just kind of goes, oh, you know, it's the first year. It's inconsistent. Like, just kind of brushed it off, which I guess because at this point I I still wasn't at a concerning like weight physically. So it was easy to brush off because a lot of people do have some inconsistency their first year. And I got my levels checked. I got on the supplements I needed. But, you know, that didn't fix anything. Just made sure I was getting the nutrients I needed as a vegan. That continued, yeah, well, the same thing I was doing in the winter just continued throughout. And then March, we went back to school. And I remember getting comments of, your legs, Ruby, like, they're just so skinny, you know? And this is another pivotal moment. We were stretching to run the mile in PE. And I had this, actually, okay, I I don't want to, I really don't want to trigger anyone with this. Trigger warning, skip like 30 seconds if you think anything like talking about body will trigger you. But I had this like unusual, not gap, but you know, the fat was missing from that part of my leg and we were stretching and it looked really pronounced. And my friend looked over and gasped. Like, she was scared. She's like, what is that? I was like, oh, that's just because I have no, like, fat on my leg. So I was clearly very aware of, and I remember writing in my journal how insecure I felt and how just, um, yeah, I was not, like, I wasn't proud of my body at that point. Because it was never about the body when I was deep in the eating disorder. It was about the control I had. And going back to school, I felt very, I felt unheard. I felt like I didn't fit in. But I think a big part of that was I literally had no energy to have a personality, which sucks to think about, but it's true. And then April, um, things got pretty bad. My dad unexpectedly passed away. He lives in Canada, and so my mom told us, like, on a random Monday that our dad died, and I have never been someone who cries straight up when I hear something sad. It always takes me a while. My brother is the opposite. He, the second my mom got the words out, he was bawling his eyes out, and I remember feeling this guilt, like, my dad is gone. I should be crying. I should be depressed. I should not want to go to school tomorrow. I should, you know, be laying in bed miserable because that's how I think like the media and Hollywood portrays grief, you know, just not wanting to leave bed and depressed and oh, all that. So I, I created a false sense of grief through my eating disorder. I realized that I could use 
food to manipulate my feelings and create those feelings that I wasn't feeling by eating less. I I wanted that cold, miserable, awful feeling because I was supposed to feel it with grief, right? But I wasn't. I wasn't feeling it. So I needed to feel it somehow. And I, at this point, I also had a small injury in running. I wasn't running. Thank goodness. I think that would have been very bad if I was. And yeah, I just, I don't know why I felt so guilty for not grieving the way that it's is standardly portrayed, but I, that's just not how I am. I don't grieve that way. So I use my eating disorder to do that. And the year ends, I pretty much lost touch with the friends I had at that point over the summer because they they invite me to a couple things and I would of course say no. So then they kind of just stopped inviting me and I didn't have the energy to invite them to anything. So I spent the whole summer home alone. My mom worked in the mornings My brother was at sports camps and with friends every day. Um, My stepdad and stepbrother were, you know, working. So I spent the whole summer pretty much living with a bad eating disorder at home. No one was there to watch me. No one was there to really notice things or see things. And that was very bad. That was very toxic. I remember feeling so alone. Every day felt the same. And things are things are kind of weird for me because I like genuinely enjoy running. The way I used it was wrong though. And so some things I would enjoy, but others, you know, like just in the whole scheme of the day was not healthy. And I I wanted to get in shape for cross country which started fall of 2020, so I was trying to do that and overtraining and just not giving my body rest that it needed. Oh, sorry, I think my brother's, like, making strange noises. <laughs> um, so school starts, and I kind of just, like, got thrown back in with my friend group from 8th grade, but... Obviously, there's a three-month gap that they've been hanging out and I haven't. And I I had gotten to a physically dangerous point. And they kind of acted like I was there, but also not. So I'm kind of just being ignored at this point. And I think I cried almost every day the first month of school. Which was because I was really depressed because of my eating disorder. And I tried out for cross country, but my selfish little eating disorder, I I regret this a lot, but my selfish little eating disorder, after two weeks of being in cross country, I actually haven't told you on this. After two weeks of being in cross country, I quit because the runs weren't far enough. They weren't how, quote unquote, I wanted to train. No, like, your eating disorder was scared. Since your routine had changed, things were going to change. Um, 
so I had one two-mile race with cross-country. It was a great race. I raced well. I was fast. I PR'd, so, like, a lot. And, but I would just cry, like, going to practice. And I'd call my mom. I'd get an excuse to get out of it. And I had signed, like, when you try out and you make the team, you have to sign a contract. So I had signed a contract saying, like, I'm giving my running and performance to the team, pretty much. So I was also stressed about, like, Mom, I want to quit, but I can't. And my mom was like, at this point, she knew I was at a physically unhealthy place. And we were talking through that. She was like, I'm going to pull you because I, as a parent, can make that decision. Oh, I forgot to mention. That summer, I went to a sports doctor. And he had, like, we had addressed my missing period even further. And, like, I'd said, I'm a vegan athlete. Like, we talked about nutrition, all of that. And he just told me, he asked me to, like, track my macros and stuff to see where I was eating. And I don't think I did that very honestly because, (laughs) yeah, it was a bit off. But he asked me, okay, can you, like, drink a supplement or, like, something to gain weight? And I wanted so badly to gain weight. I did not like my sick body. I think because a lot of it stemmed from control. I did not like how I felt. I didn't like how my arms looked. I was super insecure. But at the same time, I was so scared to gain weight. I was so, like, mortified. I would try. I'd be on, like, quote-unquote, on track for two days. And I'd be, okay, I'm eating a lot. You know, it's bulking season, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm going to lift weights. I'm going to get strong. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. But just where my mindset was, that was not the route I needed to take. And I'd do it for, like, two or three days. And then I'd kind of fall off because I'm scared. Because I thought I saw these major body changes. Like, no, you did it for three days. You did not gain two or three pounds that fast. And... I went back and forth with this, I'm gaining weight. Okay, now I'm scared of gaining weight. Oh, I'm bulking, you know? I went back and forth with that probably until November of fall. So I got pulled from cross country and, but I kept like running the same, like my same routine on my own. So it wasn't like I I pulled out, my mom said we pulled out so I could get my period and gain weight, but that did not happen. I began dreaming about eggs in September and I was a little bit freaked out because I was at this point so strictly dedicated to veganism and I was like this is really strange why am I dreaming about eggs here but I could not like I crave a sunny side up egg so bad I would wake up in the middle of my sleep thinking about it And I think at this point, that was just because my body was so hungry for something other than a large salad twice a day. Like, I just wanted any real food. So, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking a lot about fish, too. Like, trying salmon again, because that had always been one of my favorite fish as a child. And I talked to my mom about it, and at this point... I realized how much I'd used veganism as a social, socially acceptable way to restrict. Because if you go out to a restaurant that's serving burger and fries, if you say you're vegan, 
you have the side salad with like the olive oil you know or you have the bread or you have the steamed broccoli and potato and it was just such a sociably acceptable way to restrict and stay in an eating disorder and i realized that and i realized in September and I really noticed like this is holding me back from feeling my best because I go places and I just feel so left out of things and the whole past year uh, in my eating disorder I would like bring food I made this is not just for people who are vegan with an eating disorder but I'm pretty sure most people did this at some point you know you bring your like whatever food to like a family gathering or something i've been doing that and i just felt so i was tired of it i was burnt out from bringing my own food and i was burnt out from having these strict rules and stuff and i really started to crave some animal products so i talked with my mom i was so so scared at this point to not be vegan because i was really scared I think I felt like a failure when I quit. I didn't quit. I transitioned into being plant-based, but I was still pretty much vegan. I ate an egg like once a week, maybe an RX bar a couple times a week too. But I decided I needed to do it. And I think this was kind of when I like started quasi-recovery because I knew there was a problem. And I told my mom in October about how my mind was working. I didn't think, I didn't say it. I didn't own up to having an eating disorder or admitting I had a problem that large, but I explained to her how my brain worked, how I was scared of like animal products. And I felt like I couldn't quit veganism because I was so tied to it. And so at this point she partially knew what was going on. And then in my school life, I still was not, not jiving with the friends I had. So I decided I needed to try some new friends and just see if that would make a difference in anything. So I did, and it made a slight difference. I felt more seen and heard, and things progressed as I have started recovery, and I love them. But I had nothing against my old friend group, so I don't want anyone to think they were mean or anything it's just we kind of were going our separate ways which does happen quite frequently in high school and then november i remember this was my first time eating salmon actually from the whole food salad bar we were on i was about to say spring break no we were on thanksgiving break driving to my grandparents for thanksgiving and we stopped at the whole food salad bar and i'm going through getting stuff and i i saw salmon and i looked at my mom like terrified like i've talked about eating fish up to this point but i haven't is today the day do i eat it today and i was freaking out i looked at her and then we went to the bathroom quickly and i was like mom do i get it like am i allowed to have it do i get it and she's like, yeah, I get it. And then I looked in the mirror and I was like, okay, I'm going to get it. I'm allowed to eat it. I can, I can eat salmon. So I got some. It wasn't even a scoop. It was like, 
like three bites. But that was a huge moment for me. And I think anyone with an eating disorder history knows when you introduce something like for the very like the very first fear food you eat, or the very it's a big deal. As silly as that may seem, it is a big deal. And in November, on that vacation, I started really realizing I had issues. I did a lot because it's an eight-hour drive. So I had eight hours to watch things that were provoking my thoughts and just making me realize things. And we get up to my grandparents. I was journaling a lot. And, excuse me, um, at that point, I, w- I packed my own food when I went to my grandparents because I was still quite heavily plant-based. So I didn't want to be without food. So I packed some stuff. But I also found myself wanting to try things that were at being cooked and stuff and that was a quite a turning point just in my mindset and getting better and at that point I was accepting of the fact that I needed to gain weight and I talked to my mom about how I wanted to do it and I was telling her about there were people who'd gone to treatment centers and stuff but I felt like that wasn't the route for me because you have to want to do it and you have to be, you have to accept your eating disorder. At this point, I was starting to accept it slowly but surely. And I think my mom saw that. That's why she never had a very strong push. She saw me slowly turning a corner with just, yeah. She saw me realizing and wanting to get better so i i tried a few things foods i wasn't not very comfortable sorry my brother's singing i don't know if you guys can hear him but hope you can um i tried a few foods and i don't know i i was at a point where i was just so exhausted it's tiring to live in a state of degrading yourself and isolation and like it's always for me it was the control i was so scared to let go of and i was so scared of what would happen if i stopped because i relied on that control and i lived off of it but i was realizing i needed to slowly let go of the control And so that vacation was a big turning point for me. And I think I started to get like a tiny little taste of food freedom and started to kind of realize what life could be like if I kept going. And I, I held on to that. And December, I was a little bit more open to things, but it was still very planned, you know? It was still very much eating disorder oriented like I remember was it Christmas Eve morning you know I I ate what my family was eating but it was on certain terms I it was because I ran five miles before so that wasn't true recovery that was quasi because I was trying new things But I was not getting weight, and I was only doing it if 
I was only doing it when, I was only doing it because, I was only eating more because I was strength training, so I could gain weight. I only wanted to eat it if, you know, I've talked about this on my Instagram, the if, when, because recovery, which is not recovery. That's quasi-recovery. And I got a Garmin for Christmas. I love it. But it has a heart rate monitor. And I, one day out of boredom, started looking through my heart rate monitor. And I look at it, and I saw a very low number. I'm not going to mention numbers because that could be triggering. And I said I wouldn't. But it was concerning. I told my mom, and she goes, let's keep an eye on it. And then, well, I saw the number on my chart. It had dropped to this number when I was sleeping. So my mom was like, that's a little concerning, but, you know, your heart rate is lowest when you're sleeping because you're not moving. And then we get back to school in January, and I check my watch again, like, but this time during the daytime, I saw a very low number, and I told her, and she's like, you're seeing that number during the day? Like, correct me if I'm wrong, you're seeing that during the day. And I said, yeah. Is, is that bad? And she goes, yeah, that's bad. So we're driving home from school that time when we had that conversation. We get out of the car. She pulls the scale into the living room. And she had never been, like, watching my weight at this point. Because that's kind of private information um, for normal people, you know? And I had known my weight. I, I like, weighed myself to make sure I wasn't losing weight because I knew that was really bad for me physically at that point because I was already a lower weight. But it was, like, every time I'd step on the scale, I'd see I lost, like, whatever, 0.5 pounds. And I'd be like, okay, I need to get strong. Like, once and for all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to gain weight. I did not. It was a cycle. It was an unbreakable cycle. And so... She pulled out the scale, got me on the scale, weighed me, and she's like, no, you cannot run or weightlift for one week for physical purposes because it was concerning. And I, at this point, I wasn't thrilled, but my mom is one of the most amazing people on this planet, and I was not about to argue with her. She got me through so much. I was like, I need to respect this woman and her, what she asked of me. She's my parent. So I won't do it for a week. I thought I was going to be back to everything in a week. (laughs) I was very wrong. It was not a week. It's been almost four months. But that's what my body needed. Anyways, back back to things. I... The first week was still so scared to eat something different than plant-based. I was recovering, but I still had all these fruit foods that were animal products. And at this point, I had started gaining a little bit of weight. Actually, I went hypermetabolic for a week, which is a different story for a different time. I'll do a whole podcast on like my recovery journey because I do think there's a lot to unpack there too. But At this point, I still was hanging on to my eating disorder a bit. You know, I was eating at certain times. I was eating only certain foods, stuff like that. And three weeks after I'd stopped running, 
I really like told my mom everything like okay I have an eating disorder I said the words you know um I went to a doctor or we made appointments to go to a doctor but I told my mom how I'd felt still trapped somehow so we thought about it and I was watching I don't know if you guys okay I think her name's Charlotte or Charlie I actually don't know but her Instagram and YouTube are Chardoodle or Chardoodle? Chardoodle. I think it's Chardoodle. I love her. She's my comfort YouTuber. So go check her out if you haven't seen her at all. But I was watching a video and she explained the just euphoric feeling of biting into an ice cream sandwich. Just a normal, regular ice cream sandwich. And she was someone who'd also been vegan. So I related a lot to what she was saying because I realized I kind of still felt trapped with the label of plant-based. So that was when I decided to take all labels off. I I was scared um a lot. I it's very humbling. It's it's very humbling to eat meat again when you told all these people in your eating disorder Oh, I, I love being vegan. I could never see myself eating beef again. Never see myself eating chicken. I told people that. And then to all of a sudden realize, no, I need to eat it again because I have this irrational fear of it. That's very humbling. So I took that step and that's been a process. I'm still working through that. But the only way to get over it is to challenge it over and over and over and over until you are so tired of challenging it and yeah that's pretty much my long story my eating disorder story how it developed all of that and i definitely i'm gonna do a little bit of not a recap but talk a bit more on some random things i definitely think that as I got further in, I based myself worth off of it. And it's something I was very good at. It's something I was very known at. And I also had people praising me for my running, which is good, but bad. Because yes, I'm very proud of how I just persevered with running and really showed myself and proved to myself I could do amazing things. But when that was being used as a behavior and people are praising it, that was not good. That was fueling my thoughts and actions more. And, you know, I've had a rocky journey with running, but part of recovery is healing that. And that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm really excited to heal it. Anyways, that's, thank you if you listened all the way through. That means a lot. Um, I, at some point, probably will post an eating disorder, like, story on Instagram, but I feel like people who listen to this podcast just, you know, we're a little bit closer on some level, and that's, that's my story. I, I honestly don't think I regret anything. I would not do this on purpose, but it's taught me who I am today. No, not taught me. It's made me who I am today. It's taught me a lot. It's given me 
a lot of wisdom and knowledge I would not have otherwise. And I'm really thankful that I think because of this experience, I will, I'll never be trapped in some sort of diet culture because I feel like there are a lot of people who don't necessarily have any diagnosable eating disorder, but they're just trapped in diet culture their whole life and they're believing these lies. I don't think I'll be someone like that. I think it's a one and done. <laughs> I got it all out of my system. Now I'm healing, I'm recovering. And yeah. Anyways, that's it for today. Oh, gotta do my, okay. Something that made me feel sunny, specifically today, is going on a walk. It was short, but getting outside is always really nice. I love being outside. And I think they say it's like helps you sleep better at night too. If you have not gone outside today, I'm encouraging you, spend five minutes, ten minutes, bring a book, bring a drink, eat a meal, just outside in the sun. And if it's cloudy or rainy, I'm sorry, I, I, yeah, I don't like the rain or clouds either, but yeah, that's all for today. I'll see you guys on the next episode of the Sunny Side Up pod. I hope you have a happy day.